Win one for Filipino? Nah. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 991 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. So I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So where do we even begin after a game like that? Just another uh, complete disaster by the New York Rangers, just a uh, completely half-hearted, lackluster effort against the Vegas Golden Knights. It all adds up to a 5-2 to two home loss in Madison Square Garden. And those of us who thought that, well, you know, maybe that road trip just needed to end. Maybe you get home, you can finish strong going into the All-Star break. Um, our hopes were kind of dashed there. And something that really makes this performance disheartening for me, and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things we can talk about. We're going to get into uh, Igor's awful performance. I know some people were sticking up for him. I can understand sticking up for him in the game against the Sharks. Those goals weren't on him. Uh, Igor was not ready to play hockey in this game. None of the Rangers were ready to play hockey in this game. That's the only thing you can say in Igor's defense is that uh, he didn't really get much help from his teammates, but he is one of the problems right now. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Once again, the biggest reason why I felt that this was such a disappointing uh, performance by the Rangers is think about what happened earlier in the day. You've got Filipino out there. He's back for the second, you know, day or the second time back out on the ice with the Rangers still wearing the non-contact jersey but this guy has had multiple concussions and I know the Rangers have never officially said that it's a concussion you know they they seem to just not want to use that word for one reason or another but I mean I think we could connect the dots here and all agree that that's obviously what's going on and of course he's out there you know the uh the, the main optional practice portion is concluded it's only him Zach Jones and Jake LeCision on the ice Filipino wipes out he's down the ice he's down for five to seven minutes needs to be helped off by both Jones and LeCision and I'm thinking you know ever the optimist and look I mean first of all the the concern goes to Filipino you hope that he's okay and not just from a hockey perspective obviously just from a human perspective but you know you're thinking about this game tonight they're playing the night the nights and they haven't played well recently maybe just maybe the, the silverest of silver linings from what happened to Philip Heedle, uh, you know, earlier that day in the morning is that, okay, well, maybe this is the thing that sparks the Rangers a little bit. Maybe this lights a little bit of fire under them. They're going to want to go out there and they're going to win one for Phil. And my issue with the Rangers is not that they did not ultimately win this game for Philip Heedle because not everything can have that perfect ending, that that storybook kind of a moment, that uh, ultimate feel-good kind of a situation. Um, it, it's not so much that they didn't win. It's that you got to give me more than this. You got to give us more than this. Your teammate at, at possibly great risk to himself is out there um, doing everything he can to battle his way back, to ultimately get back into the lineup. He was never going to play in this game, but you know, the hope was that for Philip Hill, that he would be back out there uh, at some point in February. And what, what just infuriates me is the Rangers saw this. They know what's going on and they can't dig down a little bit to try to, um, you know, put, you know, some kind of an effort, some kind of, you know, energy together, some kind of a, a fiery performance to support their teammate, to, to support Philip Hedl, who, you know, is back in his New York home and, you know, probably shaken up from the whole thing. And that's what you give us. That's the performance you give to your teammate who's 
doing everything in his power to get back onto the ice and, and try to help this team. Why even bother if you're Philip Hedel at this point? You know, I, I don't want to speculate about what his future could be. I know a lot of people are saying that his career is over. I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And even if I was a doctor, I'm not, you know, in tune with what's happening with Philip Hedel's case here. But for this to happen, um, for, for them to be this flat and this lifeless in a situation where that happened to Philip Hedel, unacceptable and um, borderline disgusting, in my own personal opinion. And something that happened in this game, perhaps uncoincidentally, is that two of the Ranger players, two of the only Ranger players that looked like they cared at least a little bit, were Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. You know, Caco, again, another real silver lining this game. At least he scored a goal. It was in garbage time. It was off a rebound, but fine. At least Caco put the puck into the net. And Lafreniere had a couple of chances. He got robbed by Aiden Hill on the doorstep. You know, it looked like he had a goal, made a nasty move, drove to the net hard, made a nasty move, went to the backhand, got robbed uh, by Hill. But they at least, I mean, it was something from the two of them, right? They at least looked like they cared a little bit. And of course, those two played with Philip Hedl a good amount over the past couple of years with the kid line. It looked like those three all, you know, got to be pretty close over that time. So maybe they were digging deep for a little extra something, something, but uh, not too many other players in the Rangers were uh, following suit. And um, just, again, just, just completely unacceptable. Now, as I say all this and talk about how, you know, the Rangers should be out there motivated and fired up and ready to go and ready to play for their their teammate, who obviously, you know, had a scary uh, moment earlier that day, I will at least acknowledge the flip side of this too, because it's possible. And again, we don't know all the details. All we really know is that Philip Hedl went down during practice. Nobody there really seemed to uh, see what had happened or just happened to be looking at Philip Hedl, um when he wiped out and when he, you know, went down and uh, obviously he's leaving, can't put any weight on his one leg. And it's been reported now that it is believed to be related to, you know, the concussions that he has suffered. So, it is possible that maybe this whole thing really shook the Rangers up a little bit. So I'll at least acknowledge that possibility. I'll acknowledge the human side of this. Uh, we don't know. Because, all we really know for sure as far as Heedle's interactions with his teammates uh, after he fell in practice was that, again, it was just Zach Jones and Jake LeCision who were out there. The two of them helped him get off the ice. Did the other Rangers see Philip Heedle? Did Were they even aware of you know what was going on? in that case, or um, had some of them already even left and, and they, they were going to come back later for the game. I, I don't know exactly all the logistics and how that works, but um, did they see him? You know, did, was Philip Hedl, was he really shaken up in a bad way? Did that mess with the Rangers? That's at least possible. And if that is the case, then I can understand that to a degree. The problem though, is that the Rangers have played so poorly and so lifeless and so lackluster recently anyway, that I have no idea watching this game, if that's what was going on or not, was, were they affected negatively uh, were they shaken up by what Philip Hedl went through? And maybe a bunch of them saw him in the locker room. I don't know what that scene was like, how how difficult that might have been for some of these players. But again, it would be a lot more easy for me to cut the Rangers some slack here if they had been looking like they give a damn for the last you know week or two or however long this stump has gone on. Certainly the four-game road trip was just completely awful. Um, just a terrible road trip overall. They, they really didn't even deserve to win that game against the Ducks. And if they were playing just about anybody else in the league, they probably would not have won that game. So, you know, again, if the Rangers had actually, you know, played well or at least played hard for this road trip, and then you come back and this thing happens to Heedle and they come out against the Knights and play the way they played, at least then I could look at it and be like, okay, you know what? They, they went through some, some stuff earlier in the day. It was a scary situation. Their heads aren't really in it. Their hearts aren't really in it. They're thinking about their teammate. I could at least buy that. But again, because they've played so badly recently anyway, I don't know if that's if that had anything to do with the way that they performed in this game, with the way that they were so lifeless and just so downtrodden, disengaged, disinterested. Nobody looked like they even wanted to be there. Nobody had any fire in their eyes. There's 
nothing going on after the whistle. And I'm not saying you have to start stuff with the, the opponent after every single whistle, after every single play stoppage. But can somebody just get in their opponent's face and like push them or something? Can somebody just make it look like you actually want to be at the rink playing hockey for the New York Rangers? There was very, very little of that going on in this game. And again, I would cut them some slack, you know, given what happened to Heedle. But I have no idea. They might have played like this anyway, whether that happened to Heedle or not, because that's how they've been playing recently uh, to begin with. So rant over, or at least this portion of the rant is over. I mean, we're just getting warmed up here on Locked On New York Rangers because we got to shift our attention to a former Vesna winning goalie who doesn't look like he can stop a beach ball right now. And I realize that's a little bit harsh. That might be the harshest thing I've ever said about Igor Shesterkin uh, on this podcast. But facts are facts. He is really just... I don't know what's going on. He's not playing well. That That's about, you know, the only thing I know for sure right now is that Igor Shesterkin is not playing well. But we're going to turn our attention to Igor Shesterkin, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. I mean, he he's not the only one to blame. He's, he's a big part of this, but um, there's a lot of other players not getting the job done right now either. you got to think better days are eventually ahead for these teams. But this slump, if you even want to call it that at this point, has gone on for a really, really long time, and the Rangers need to figure out a way out of it sooner rather than later. And they play the Senators tonight. Got to win that game. Otherwise, I mean, this is probably going to be a long break anyway for this team, even if they beat Ottawa. But if they lose that game to the Senators, who I think they either have the worst record in the Eastern Conference or the second worst record in the East. It's either them or the Blue Jackets. One way or another, they're right near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So you lose that one and you got this lengthy break. I mean, that is a miserable way to go into, uh, you know, an eight day break or however long it is, but we're going to talk about Igor. We're going to talk about a uh, brutal second period and as much other, you know, bad things that this team is doing right now that we can possibly fit in a 30 or 35 minute episode here, but we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. First though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by our good friends at indeed we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over a or with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And in our next episode for the everydayers, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, even through some of the rougher times as a Ranger fan that we're all kind of going through right now. But thank you as always for tuning in. And in our next episode, you're going to want to check that one out. We're going to uh, obviously cover whatever happens between the Rangers and the Senators a little bit later tonight. I'd like to think the Rangers can go in and win that game, play with some urgency, play with some desperation. But, you know, watching this team recently, maybe I'm asking for too much. I don't know. But uh, regardless, it certainly makes for an intriguing game tonight um, because, you know, if they play well, you feel at least a little bit better going into the break. 
not great, but a little bit better. If they come out and they lay an egg and they lose this game five to one, I don't even know where you go from there. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it no matter what happens. And again, I we're going to shift our attention to Igor Shesterkin now. I thought he was just awful in this game. He allowed four goals on 19 shots. And I saw some people defending Igor Shesterkin. P.K. Subban, I take this with a grain of salt, but he was uh, defending Igor Shesterkin during one of the intermissions as well. You can defend Igor Shesterkin in certain games this season, even certain games where he's allowed four goals, five goals, whatever it might be. There are times this season where, yes, he has been let down by his defense. Uh, certainly, I think a great example of that was the last game against the Sharks. The three goals that the Sharks scored, the two at the end of uh, regular, well, not really the end of regulation, but third period, and then also the one in overtime. I don't know that a single goalie in hockey is stopping any of those three um, you know, shots. Two of them were set up by god-awful turnovers, and then the other one happened in overtime. A couple of quick passes after Mika Zibanejad lost his stick, and the Sharks were throwing picks and everything. There's nothing Igor could have done on that one either. So, yes, there, there's times this year where for sure he, he's gotten lit up, but it hasn't really been his fault. Not this game. This probably fell on Igor more than anybody else on the Rangers, and I don't say that lightly because there's a lot of Rangers not playing good hockey right now. Um, Igor looks just kind of unfocused. I, I, I don't know what it is. Kind of, kind of passive in the net. Um, seems to be constantly sinking back into his crease when maybe he should be coming out and, uh, challenging guys and, and cutting away, you know, certain shooting, uh, paths. Why is it that every shot from every player from every different spot on the rink always seems like it's taking Igor by surprise? I think that's the biggest issue more so than anything else right now. He just doesn't look like he's ready to make a save on a lot of these goals that he's allowing. And it's one thing, again, he's human. All these goalies in the NHL, as great as they are, as amazing as they are at what they do, they're human. And so, yeah, you might get caught a little bit flat-footed, 82 games. I and mean, they're not going to play all 82, but you know what I mean. Any goalie can have that happen to them in any situation, in any game. It's happening constantly with Igor Shesterkin. It happened over and over in this game. And I actually have a theory about why this might be happening. So maybe Igor is watching what the Rangers are doing when they have the puck, and specifically on the power play, because the Ranger power play has been not good at all lately. He's watching what the Rangers are doing. And what the Rangers are doing when they have the puck, and again, especially on the power play, pass, 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 you know, pass back to the blue line, pass back to the half boards, pass back to the blue line, pass across the blue line, pass back across to the blue line, uh, turnover. That's usually how the Rangers are, have been going uh, when it comes to uh, you know them having the puck. Yeah, they're maintaining possession, but if you're never going to shoot the puck, never even going to make a dangerous pass, dangerous in terms of like dangerous for the other team, not for yourself, um, you're not going to score. And so you know maintaining possession can only do so much in a situation like that. So maybe Igor's seeing what the Rangers are doing when they had the puck, and he's just anticipating that, that, well, that's what everybody does, right? That's what our opponent is going to do tonight, too. They're, they're just going to pass the puck and pass the puck and pass the puck, never actually shoot it. Uh, maybe that's what's going on here. But in all seriousness, again, there's just no excuse for this. It just feels like he's not ready to make a save, and it feels like an easy fix. Like, like if we can figure this out, how can Igor Shesterkin not figure this out? Benoit Allaire, the best in the business, the best goalie coach on the planet. How can he not figure this out and have Igor a little bit more ready to make these saves? And even Jonathan Quick, I've mentioned this before too, but veteran mentor, right? Kind of the big brother for Igor Shesterkin. Is he not seeing this either? Are, are they seeing it and Igor's, Igor's aware of it and he thinks he's going to be better at it in a certain game and then just isn't? I mean, I don't know, but it's just, it feels like such a quick and easy fix and it wouldn't solve all the Rangers' problems. It wouldn't even solve all of Igor Shesterkin's problems right now, but it would help. I mean, you'd at least not be giving up goals simply because you're getting caught flat-footed. And again, that happened over and over and over in this game. It basically happened, I would say, on 
just about all of the goals that the Knights scored, all, all four that they scored, you know, minus the, the empty netter at the end. Um, and we're going to break down the goals that the Knights scored when we talk about the second period as a whole, because believe it or not, you know, as much as I'm, you know, going in on this team right now, the Raiders, I thought, played great in the first period. I thought they had an excellent first period, uh, a great first 20 minutes. They were out there asserting themselves. Um, you know, they actually, for once, gave up a goal and then responded. They responded in a positive way. Go figure. They got a goal from Blake Wheeler, tied the game for the most part. I thought the Rangers were basically skating circles around the Knights in the first period. Uh, they had the puck on Vegas's side of the, the rink for, you know, the entirety of the first period, basically. Rink was tilted. And, you know, it all got away from them in the second period. They just stopped playing hockey. And, um, you know, with Igor, another question I'll ask here, when's the last time that he's made, like, a really, really good save? I mean, I'm sure, you know, you go through all the games. They're, they're sprinkled in every now and then. But it just feels like right now, if the opposing team gets a medium to high dangerous scoring chance, it is very, very likely going to be a goal. And on a lot of these, it seems like he's not even close to being able to stop them. So again, I don't know if it's mechanical. I don't know if it's in his head, all of the above, but obviously uh, Igor Sesterkin needs to be a heck of a lot better than this. We're used to him being the backbone of this team, the strength of this team. And I do think based on his track record, basically everything that he's done in his NHL career, the past four seasons before this one, that would tell me that he'll eventually get back to that. But he is just in such a funk right now. Um, maybe this break will do him some good. You know, we'll see. But it's crazy, you know, that this game starts and they're showing the, the stats on the on the screen of the two goalies. You've got Aiden Hill against Igor Shesterkin. And I see that. And it's not just the stats. It's just kind of in general. It's like, wow, the Rangers, they are at a big disadvantage in goal right now because it's Igor Shesterkin against Aiden Hill, the guy that won the Stanley Cup last year. And he's missed some time this year, but his numbers are still very good when he's played. It feels like we're already at a massive disadvantage. And that's just not a feeling that I'm used to. Uh, that Ranger fans in general over the last 30 years, maybe even longer than that, are used to. The Rangers always you know, have the edge in net, but they don't right now. And, you know, it's crazy because there, there's a lot of people kind of clamoring for Jonathan Quick to get some more playing time right now. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be the starting goalie in this one. I'll, I'll try to check that before today's episode is over. If I remember, um, I'm kind of all over the place right now because that's just uh, the way that it's going right now for the Rangers. But there's people clamoring for Quick to get some more playing time. And... You know, even at the start of the season, you know, Igor gets off to a little bit of a rough start and Jonathan Quick is, you know, partying like it's uh, like it's 2014, basically, and uh, really turning the clock back and playing some excellent hockey. And there's people saying, oh, is there a goalie controversy? And my reaction at the time was like, OK, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, Igor's in a little bit of a rut right now and Quick's playing awesome. And that's that's really cool to see. Obviously, you know, him, you know, being a, maybe even a comeback player of the, the year nominee. I mean, would he be in that conversation? I'd have to look around the league to know for sure. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it was like, no, there, there's no way. I mean, this would have to continue and continue and continue. But we're past the halfway point of the season right now. And even with Quick coming back to earth a little bit, he's still playing far better, far better than Igor Shesterkin recently. They put a stat on the screen on ESPN, and I'd rather this game be on MSG, but that, that's a whole other story, and we'll save that for another day. But they put a stat or uh, shared a stat out loud. I don't remember uh, exactly how they displayed it, but um, they basically said that in the month of January, uh, Igor Shesterkin, out of 41, you know, qualified goalies, meaning you've played in enough games to qualify for this stat, he is, out of 41 goalies, dead last in um, in save percentage. And watching these games, seeing the way that they've unfolded, it's surprising, but it's not surprising. He just has not played well, and he needs to be better than this. And, yeah, there's times where he could use some more help. There's times where he's the main reason why the Rangers are losing, and I really do think that was the case in this game last night. You know, Steve Valaket. Let me see. I think I got it in my phone right here. He he does that thing, you know, where he's got his clear sight analytics, and you know he um 
he'll basically kind of track or, you know, people on his team will track uh, the high danger scoring opportunities, the low danger scoring opportunities, the medium danger scoring opportunities. And then um, from all that, he'll come up with, uh, you know, a, a goals expected, basically kind of a deal uh, for both teams. So the Rangers last night, and this will give you an idea of how well the Aiden Hill played. Rangers obviously scored two goals. Uh, they were expected to get 4.04 goals per Valakets analytics. Uh, the Knights scored, I mean, they scored four, but they scored five technically, but it, it was really four because, you know, obviously uh, the, the one was the empty netter. So they scored four goals, not counting the empty netter, and they were expected to get 2.01 goals. So that'll give you an idea of, um, you know, just how it's going right now for Igor Sturkin. It, it's just not good. And, you know, again, it, he just has to be better than this. It's just plain and simple. He's gotten beat on his glove side a bunch of times this season. They said during this game, he's been beaten glove side 20 times this season. It only happened 19 times all of last season. And one last kind of side note on this whole thing. It really is wild to me to think that Igor Shesterkin is an all-star. Igor Shesterkin is going to play in the all-star game this season. And if you ever want to know just how broken the NHL all-star selection process really is, I mean, to begin with, if I was you know, making the rules here, and they haven't asked me, but if they do, I'll let them know that I think that they should get rid of that rule where all 32 teams need at least one all-star representative. If your team's bad and nobody's having a good season, then you don't get an all-star. Plain and simple, the end done. You don't get to be represented in the all-star game this season. But to see how ridiculous this really is, consider the fact that two years ago, that was the year that Igor Shosturkin won the Vesna, put up video game numbers, as I like to say, um, was in the running. He was one of the three finalists for the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay, along with Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, and got some consideration, you know, I think for both awards, but obviously didn't win either. But the fact that he was in the conversation is uh, very impressive in its own right and put up one of the best seasons that we've ever seen by an NHL goalie. And that's not hyperbole. Go back and watch highlights. Go back and just look at the stats. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. Igor Shosturkin that year was not an all-star. And this year, he's going to walk into the All-Star Game locker room with a, a, a save percentage of 899. He is under 900 now as far as save percentage is concerned, and he's got a goals against average of 2.86. Uh, he was not an All-Star two years ago, putting up just an absolutely legendary season, and that word is not too strong. That's exactly what it was, and he is an All-Star this season where he's ranked you know, in the high teens or the, the low 20s in, in key goalie stats. It, it's just wild to think about. And I, I feel bad doing this, but at a certain point, I have to call it like I see it. And the biggest, most frustrating aspect of the whole thing is that, again, there continues to be this trend where it looks like Igor Shosturkin simply is not ready to stop the puck. He's not ready for the shot. He gets completely taken by surprise. He's flat-footed, and he's getting beat now by guys that aren't even like goal scorers. You know, the, the Knights got a couple of goals. You know, March or so had the hat trick, including the empty netter. But, you know, the, the first goal scorer was like his second goal of the season. The guy that got the second goal, uh, Colossal, I believe it is, um, something like that. Um, he got his fourth goal of the season. These are not exactly, you know, prime, big-time, bonafide snipers that he's getting beat by. So, very disheartening. Um, I feel like Igor's best hockey is still in front of him this year because, honestly, how could it not be? When you look at what he's done his first four years in the league, and people try to say, like, oh, well, Igor wasn't that good last year either. Igor was good last year. He wasn't, like, otherworldly the way he was the year before, but he was good, and his first two uh, seasons in the league before he uh, 
ended up winning the Vezina in his third year. Those are very good too. You know, go back and look at those numbers. He was very good uh, during a, a challenging time for the Rangers. Rangers weren't really a very good team back then. And obviously he's in the same locker room as Henrik Lundqvist and having to replace a legend. And I thought he handled himself about as well as he could. So as I say all this, it does give me hope. It does give me reason to believe that he can turn it around. He can play better hockey than this, but when is it going to happen? You know, it hasn't really happened this season. He's had a good game here, a good game there. Nice save there, a clutch stop there. But for the most part, it's a very disappointing season, at least thus far, for Igor Shesterkin. And the good news is that against all odds, the Rangers are somehow still in first place in the Metro Division. We would have taken that coming into the season. It's just, it's unbelievable the way that we've gotten here. The ridiculously hot start, and then just uh, how bad it's been recently. Just these flat, lifeless performances, not just by Igor, but by the entire team. So, yeah, that's kind of where things stand with Igor Shesterkin. In just a second, we're going to uh, highlight the... Just brutal second period for the range. I don't know if there's any other word to describe it. And it, again, very disheartening because it looked like they had you know some real jump in the first period. I thought they probably deserved better than uh, being tied 1-1 during the first intermission. But uh, you got to keep going, and they just did not. So we're going to talk about everything uh, that happened there in the second period in just a second. Uh, first, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. It is past the halfway point of the NHL season, and obviously the Rangers have gone through their fair share of ups and downs, more downs than ups recently, but they are still in first place in the Metro. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our, is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Lafreniere or Kreider or somebody else on the Rangers who might be playing some half-decent hockey right now will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game to win 100 times your bet on Sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, let's keep everything rolling here. And um, yeah, this is um this might be a new grand champion as far as you know how how harsh I've been on the Rangers after a loss. I was I mean, I, I thought the last one would stand for a while, though the loss that they had to the Sharks, but uh we might have a new champion here today. And I hate to be this negative, but when you're playing as poorly as the Rangers have played recently, it's one thing to go through a slump, and it's one thing to just go out and get beat. You can have hockey games where two teams go out there and they they compete tooth and nail and you got to grind and work your way to a win and somebody edges the other one two to one in overtime or something like that. And, and you can live with a loss like that, but the Rangers aren't doing anything to help themselves. It feels like they have to be at least right now and not for the whole season. And, and I don't think going forward either, but right now, the way they've played over the last handful of games here, they got to be one of the easiest teams in the NHL to play against because there's no fire. There's no fight. There's just a whole lot of nothing out there. There's a lot of faraway looks on the faces of these Ranger players. And you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but at some point, can, can somebody on the Rangers just get in somebody's face on the other team? And I, I feel like right now you're kind of seeing the Ranger opponents not really do that either. Like they're not trying to start anything with the Rangers as far as extracurriculars because they probably see 
how lifeless the Rangers look right now. And their mentality is probably like, okay, well, don't do anything to get them going. Don't do anything to rile them up. Just go out there and out hockey them. And that that's what they're doing. There, there's no reason for any of the Ranger opponents to really go after them right now because the Rangers just look that lifeless. So they're not going to do anything to try to wake them up at all. Anytime there actually is a little bit of pushing, a little bit of a skirmish, you know, again, there was after this game here uh, and this one that just ended, it was Fox. And I think Truba was out there too. And, you know, they're, they're saying something to the players on the nights. And I, I don't think it was really that intense, but why are you doing it now? The game's over. You just got your butts handed to you. You know what? Just skate off into the locker room and take your loss. You, you, you lost. It's over. You didn't do anything to, to bring any fire during the game. Why are you going to do it once the game's over? It just doesn't make any sense. But you got this brutal second period for the Rangers, now that I've finally uh, worked my way back to that. Um, Mika Zibanejad takes a slash early in the second period. And again, the game is tied one-to-one right now. That gives Vegas a power play opportunity. And, you know, that felt like it was one of the only times that I, I think because the Badgett's name was called on the night. It happened in the neutral zone. I mean, granted, the Knights were going in on the rush. They had the puck and everything, but just an unnecessary penalty there. And then you've got a situation where, you know, Panarin has his shot blocked. This is a little bit later after the power play. Panarin shooting from the blue line. Shot is blocked. You got Kolasar going in up the left side. He shoots from the top of the left circle. Keandre Miller was kind of bearing down on him from the other side of the ice. So he had to shoot it a little bit earlier than he wanted. But it didn't matter. He scored anyway. From the top of the left face-off circle, uh, Kalasar, I'm trying to remember if he's on the third line or the fourth line, but obviously not, you know, a, a brilliant offensive player. Um, this was a really good shot. You got to give some credit there. But I just don't know how Igor Shastur can get can get beat on a shot like this. You know, he that's another thing about Igor is that when he's facing somebody on a breakaway, it just doesn't feel like he's going to make the save right now. And I, I don't even know. I mean, this was, this was sort of a breakaway, but... Not like a, a typical breakaway where you, you're in the clear and you can go right to the net and do whatever you want. Miller was bearing down on him. So Kalasar had to shoot the puck earlier than he probably would have liked. And he scored anyway. And it's 2-1 to one Vegas and they were on top for good. And then in the next shift, I want you guys... You know what? I need a minute. Okay, what do you guys think in the shift that happened in the shift that followed the Rangers giving up a goal? What do you think happened very soon after? Jonathan Marcheseau scores, the Knights go up 3-1. to one. And at this point, this game was over. And I'm usually not that person. I always think, you know, as long as there's still time on the clock, hockey or really even any other sport, anybody can come back, right? It can happen. And at this point, you're not even halfway through this game and you're only down by two goals. You know, two goals is not an insurmountable deficit. But when you look at the way the Rangers have been playing recently, you look at the way that the Rangers have been playing in this game. Did anybody really think at this point that like they're going to rally and come back and win this game four to three? This wasn't going to happen. They weren't doing anything well, um, you know, by this point in the game. Again, they had the good first period, but by this point, they'd shot themselves in the foot and just the vibes and the way everything's been going lately, you just don't think that there's any way they're going to come back and win this game. The chances of them even scoring three goals is is minuscule or it, w- it would actually have to be four. I mean, I guess you could score a total of three goals and then win like in the shootout or something, but give me a break. I mean, that just wasn't going to happen in this game. And then the next shift after this, they almost gave up another goal. The, the shot barely went wide. You almost had the Rangers giving up. They would have really outdone themselves there, giving up three goals in the span of like, what, what, a couple minutes, minute and a half, whatever it was. Um, just, just bad, man. And then you've got, you know, Johnny Brodzinski's taking an offensive zone penalty while the Rangers have the puck in the offensive zone with 
complete control of the puck and doing what they do, you know, passing the puck around the perimeter and not shooting. And then out of nowhere, you've got Brodzinski uh, taking a penalty. Vegas goes on the uh, power play and, you know, they, they end up going up 4-1 in the, in the third period. And I was going to go ahead and, and break down the other goals that the uh, Knights scored, but I, I feel like we've piled on Igor enough in this one. I do feel bad about this, but at a certain point, you got to call it like you see it. I give people the benefit of the doubt, players the benefit of the doubt for as long as I possibly can. But when the team sucks, the team sucks. And that's the case right now. And there's no sugarcoating it. Um, you know, Wheeler, Blake Wheeler after the game said something like, um, I, I don't have the exact quote in me, but he said something in front of me. But he said something like, teams are made when they're in the fire and we're certainly in the fire right now. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans that saw that or just heard me, you know, repeat it, probably rolling their eyes a little bit. At least it's something a little bit different. You know, you got Mika's advantage at after these games saying, well, you know, we just got to keep working hard. You're not working hard right now. You guys aren't working hard. Overall, I mean, maybe you get a shift or two every now and then where you get like a kind of a blue collar shift and they actually get the four check going and they actually fight for a loose puck. But that's few and far between right now for the Rangers. The the start of the turnaround begins with you guys starting to work hard um, like you were earlier in the season because everybody on this Ranger team was busting their tails early in the season through October, through November. And, you know, recently I've been talking about, I've kind of been lumping December and January together, um, but I really shouldn't be doing that. I mean, the Rangers stumbled a little bit toward the end of December. Rangers went nine and five in December. So I guess that's another silver lining here too. We're getting toward the end of January. So for the most part, the Rangers basically had two excellent months, a good month, and now a bad month. So three out of the four months have been great. But, you know, recently it's just fallen apart on them. And you hope that obviously this is, um, you know, like Blake Wheeler said, they're in the fire right now and uh, they can they can find their way out of it. They're going to have to, um, you know, it, it, and hopefully it starts tonight. It's got to start tonight with a win against the Senators. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, a topic we'll discuss on a future episode. But obviously, you know, the trade deadline, um, it's going to be happening in March. We're, we're less than two months away at this point. And Rangers are in a tough spot because they're in first place. They've got some good players, some talented players on this team, but they're playing so poorly right now. And of course, they're a little bit handcuffed by their cap situation anyway. But how much do you really kind of go all in this season? If the Rangers keep playing like this heading into the deadline, it's a really tough spot because, again, they'll still be in a playoff position. They, they will. I, I know that some people are saying they'll miss the playoffs. They would have to just continue to collapse and collapse and collapse to miss the playoffs and have that many teams pass them. But yeah, you're in a playoff spot, but you're playing so poorly lately. Like, do you really push all your chips in near the deadline this season or as many of the chips as you can push in? I just don't know that that would be very smart either. So I don't know. It's going to be a difficult situation. The Rangers can make it a lot easier on Drury and the rest of the front office if they just start playing well again and they kind of rediscover who they were at the start of the season. And, you know, there, there's a situation where, you know, maybe they – increase their lead in first place, or maybe they fall out of first place for a little bit and then they get it back. I mean, they're still in first. I, saying that out loud just blows my mind with how they've played recently. But the Rangers, yes, yeah, still in first place in the Metro Division. Uh, some other notes from this game. Trubas apparently got a meeting with the Department of Player Safety. I didn't notice this when it happened live, but off of a face-off, he was battling for position. His elbow went up, caught somebody in the face, looked accidental to me, didn't look malicious at all. But knowing the Department of Player Safety, they'll probably give Truba a five-game suspension for this. There's been a lot of other things Truba's done that I think have been worse than this, where he's gotten fined but not suspended. Um, there was a, a situation earlier this year where I said I would have been okay with a one- or two-game suspension uh, for Truba. It was the thing where he, he hit Frederick in the head with his stick. 
Um, nothing happened there, but you watch this. This will be the time that they, you know, throw the book at Jacob Truba because they're just wildly inconsistent with all their rulings on everything. Um, and then, you know, Ryan Lingren, the other big news from this game, uh, he was put into the boards kind of awkwardly left and, um, was ruled out by the second period from returning in this game. Haven't seen anything definitive on Lingren. Not sure if he's going to play, uh, tonight and, Look, he's, he hasn't been great lately either. I don't think anybody on this Ranger team has really been great lately, but it's not a good time if you're the Rangers to lose a player that I've referred to and some of you have referred to as the heart and soul of this team. Not a good time for that to be happening. Hopefully Lindgren's okay. Um, you know, if I had to guess, and I'm not a doctor again, but, you know, if, if it's something that is kind of minor, maybe they hold him out tonight because he's got a big break ahead of him anyway, and you just let him get ready to, to make sure he's good to go um, after the All-Star break, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's just, it's certainly the way things are going. It's certainly not a good time uh, to lose somebody who's typically on your uh, top pair uh, as far as the blue line is concerned. But yeah, I figure we can uh, call it there. This is uh, not a good stretch for the Rangers to say the very least, but hang in there with me guys. You know, we'll be back here. Hopefully we can talk about a win going into the all-star break and at least feel a little bit better about where this team is. I know the centers aren't exactly world beaters, but uh, they got to get a win against somebody, no matter who they're playing and, uh, at least feel somewhat good after that hopefully happens uh, a little bit later here tonight, but we'll see how it all goes. Once again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.